whatever happened to your horny newt of a brother, Bud? <laughs> I always thought he was cute. He can realign my molars anytime. <laughs> hey, Bud, I'm getting my braces off in a couple years. Will you wait for me? Oh, sure. Unless another hot mama with a big drooly overbite comes along first. Thanks for being my escort tonight, Bud. Oh, you're welcome. And now that my escort duties are over, I'm going to escort myself over to that hot redhead over there. See ya. You'll be back. And you'll be begging me for a little flesh and metal. <laughs> Bud, with these braces, I could make a hickey that would never heal. <laughs> this is Lisa Picot playing Mindy on Married with Children, Kelly's friend, and you're listening to the Married with Children podcast. Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a woman? No Man Presents, live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children podcast. Okay, Married with Children fans, this is Steven and I am along with Chris Gunter. And we have a special guest star. Chris, will you please introduce our guest star? Ladies and gentlemen, Maribel Children fans worldwide, welcome to a special edition of the Maribel Children podcast. We have the distinct honor and privilege of interviewing an actress who was both a recurring and very memorable character during season 10. We were introduced to her character, Mindy, last week in our review of season 10, episode 8, Blonde and Blonder. And here she is with us today in the nudie bar, Miss Lisa Picot. Hello. How's your how's your evening going, Lisa? Very good. Very, very good. Yeah. Happy to be here. Wonderful. So, Lisa, we really want to thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to talk to us and our listeners. The last time your Married with Children fans saw you on screen was in season 10, episode 22 on February 25th, 1996, in the episode entitled Spring Break Part 2. So that was twenty-five, a little over 25 years ago, almost 25 and a half years ago, roughly. So um, I guess let's just start off by, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, how you got into acting, that type of thing. Okay. I am uh, originally from the Midwest. I'm from Michigan. And my family moved out to Las Vegas when I was about, I think I was going into first grade. So when we came to Las Vegas back in the seventies, it was really a tiny little town, not like it is now. And I just begged my mom to enroll me in any kind of acting classes, dance classes, anything artistic like that. Well, being that Las Vegas is about adults and not really about kids, there wasn't a, a, a lot of, of options for kids there at that time, except there was this one amazing thing called the Rainbow Company Children's Theater, which um, was a group that you had to audition to get into. And then you participated in the shows, either on stage or backstage, five shows a season till you graduated high school. So I started that when I was, I think I was about nine. 
and I stayed till I was 16. I stage managed, I starred in some of the plays, I produced some of the plays, I did costumes, sets, props, you name it, box office, I did it. And I learned really, first of all, that everyone is invaluable, that's part of a theater. Everyone is, it's a, it's a big, huge family to make it all run. And it taught me discipline and it also taught me how much hard work it takes on every level and aspect. So that's how I started acting. And then when I was about 16, I decided, well, I really, I think I really want to do this for real. And I decided that I would move to Los Angeles with my parents' permission. And I went, I auditioned for the Academy. I graduated high school and then I auditioned for the, the Theater Academy, LACC. And it was kind of at the time a hidden secret gem. It was this amazing training ground for actors and super affordable, but you did have to audition to get in. So I auditioned to get into the academy and I got in luckily and I started, you know, just studying acting techniques, sound, you know, voice classes, movement classes, working on plays, working on scripts. And then from there I got an agent and I started going on auditions and then right away I started getting jobs or landing jobs. But I mean, at that point I'd been working, I mean, it's certainly studying for a really long time. Right. And so that's how it all started. I mean, everyone's like, oh, an overnight success. Not really. I started when I was nine and I got my first job when I was 19. So that was 10 years of working. Right. And I mean, working hard, not just taking an acting class. Like I was painting sets and taking tickets and stage managing and being in some of the shows and sewing costumes and everything you can imagine you could do to, in a, in a production I've done. Definitely sounds like you, you know, you paid your dues, so to speak, you know, and, and I was, I was reading your bio here. You were a member of the Rainbow Company Children's Theater Ensemble there in Vegas. That's nationally acclaimed. So I'm sure when we were there, when I was little, it won the best children's theater in the United States for three years in a row. So we were in People Magazine. It was the only company that children like, of course, it was supervised by adults, but we we did everything. The adults just told us what to do. We had to do it all ourselves. And that really taught all of us a work ethic that you that you can't it's not even comparable you know, when they say, well, you've got to finish it, you finished it. And you worked, you know, we worked our little hearts out. And to this day, you know, many of us went into the arts in all different capacities. So it was an awesome training ground for me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I can, I can imagine having that on your resume as an eight, nine-year-old is a, that's a heck of a resume builder. (laughs) Well, it's funny because when I auditioned, I, you know, I'd never had an audition before. I didn't even know what that was. And I thought, okay, I'm going to look my best. So I wore a dress and little shoes and little socks. I kind of looked like, I, tr- I don't know what I looked like. My idea of what maybe Shirley Temple was supposed to look like. And I, everybody there was dressed in jeans and t-shirts and sneakers. And here I was in a dress and lace socks and little shoes. And I was like, oh my God, I am totally dressed wrong. Everybody else looks cool. And they all have you know, the fair faucet hairdo. And I look like a complete idiot. Well, apparently I was told later, it made me totally stand out from everybody else. And that's why they picked me. Definitely. I didn't, I mean, I didn't know that, but it was interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got a question. You brought up uh, being in the, um, the academy out in uh, Los Angeles. Is that right? Yes. Were there any other um, 
actors, you know, television, movie, anything like that that uh, you went through that uh, process with? Um, I mean, like name people, there's working people. No, I mean, a lot of people came out of the academy, famous people, but of my particular, of my particular class, like people are running theaters now, people, you'll see people on TV commercials, guest spots, stuff like that. But like huge, huge people, not in my particular class. But again, that program built dedication and work ethic. For the most part, everybody that I came up through the ranks with is still doing it in some way, shape, or form. And did you do theater in um, Los Angeles as well? Yes, I did theater, not at the Academy. That was afterwards. But yes, I did theater all over the place. I did I did a play that went to Ireland. I did a play. I originated the role of a play called Music from Down the Hill, which was John Ford Noonan's work. John Ford Noonan wrote a play called A Couple of White Chicks Sitting Around Talking. <laughs> and so... The, for the people in the know, that's a famous play. So his next play was called Music from Down the Hill. So I originated that role with my friend Lee Garlington, who I'm still friends with to this day. So my path, you know, I still kept doing theater, even in between getting TV, commercials, movies, film. I still kept doing theater through the whole thing. Always. As I always thought theater was the best. I always loved the live theater. Oh, yeah. I was more inclined towards drama and comedies than I was musicals, but... I always thought the energy from the theatrical production was really powerful. Yes. Yes. Well, yeah. there's nothing more exciting than the energy that an audience gives an actor. And it's reciprocal because it's, it's like a circle. The audience gives the actor energy, the energy, the actor gives the audience back. It's a big circle. And so there's nothing more exciting than that for an actor, in my own opinion. Film is the editor's medium and stage is the actor's medium. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Sounds like you were busy. Um, you were really busy before Married with Children. I mean, just <laughs> looking at your resume and looking at all the stuff you did, not only, you know, in front of the camera, but behind the scenes as well. Yes, I uh, did a ton of TV, a lot of commercials, voiceovers, ton of plays and some film, did it all. And then I did a play with a little boy and the mom asked me if I would work on his audition with him. And I said, okay, sure. And then he ended up booking the job. And so then she asked me to work on his next audition with him and then his next audition. And then they started sending all their friends to me. Mm -hmm. And that's how the Young Actor Workspace was born. I did not choose it. It chose me. And it's kind of a mini version of what I had at Rainbow Company when I was a kid. Okay. That's awesome. I mean, that's that's pretty cool to, you know, to start off that way and, you know, have a good, successful career. And then remember where your roots came from. You know, you ended up, um, well, you, you said it chose you. You opened a, you know, an actor studio for children, you know. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it really has come full circle. I don't, you know, we don't put on plays in my studio. We have showcases and we do scenes, mm -hmm. but it's the same idea. They're responsible for their own stuff and they're taught work ethic and dedication and all that. That that is is probably the main thing that I teach them is is about the work ethic. That's awesome. I wish you could come to my school and teach some of my students the work ethic. <laughs> 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 uh, so Lisa, um, how did you get into Married with Children? Uh, were, were you a fan of the show before appearing on it or did you just see a casting call or and 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 how did you get involved? I feel like I had not, I auditioned for it because I had an agent and mm -hmm. I feel like the casting director, 
I could be wrong, but I feel like he also was the casting director of X-Files as well. Okay. So I ended up doing X-Files. I ended up doing Married with Children. So I auditioned. And okay. just happened to be an episode that they needed a lot of girls. Yeah. Tyler and I like to make the joke that, unfortunately, with Married with Children, or fortunately, the ad was needed. Beautiful, sexy girl. Then there was another ad. Needed. Hefty girls. And then all these beautiful, sexy girls, these hefty women are coming in and the producers are telling him, all you hefty girls on one side, all you hot, sexy ones on the other side. And yeah. it's just the game of married with children. Did that ever kind of, uh, that reputation of married with children kind of upset you in any way or? Oh, no, because you're, no, you're too young and stupid to even think about it. You just want to get a job. You just want yeah. to. That was a really hit TV show at the time. It was a big hit, and you wanted to be on it. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And, and frankly, real quick, I I remember you from the X-Files first before I recall that you were also on, on Married with Children, believe it or not, because I was a huge X-Files fan as well. Yeah, I still get people asking me about the X-Files, which is so weird. That's a cult show. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned the X-Files because I was I was just kind of looking at your resume earlier and uh, I realized you were on uh, uh, you were on step by step. that i watched that show kind of in and out uh, there in the 90s and um i watched one of the episodes you were on and i was like you know i'm pretty sure i watched this first run and didn't even realize it, it was mindy from married with children on there <laughs> I know, because they made me look so weird on married with children they, they totally yeah. made me look so strange and weird yeah yeah so i don't i don't look like me i don't i didn't really look like that and they just right. had to do that for the joke you know Okay. Well, I guess that that's a good transition into our next question. When you were cast as Mindy, how did they present the role to you? Because for us, you know, we're Married with Children fanatics and we know the show in and out, but it was a little confusing to us because to me, it, 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 to us it, at least, it's obvious that you're supposed to be a nerd. You've got this huge overbite, you wear braces and a headgear, but in reality, you're you're a very attractive girl next door type. So, it's odd to us that Bud wasn't into you because, you know, anyone who knows the show knows that Bud is not exactly the most successful with girls. <laughs> so he, he should have been into you, you know. So how was the character of Mindy uh, presented to you when you were cast? Well, they said that she needed to have a friend that was smart. 
because then it didn't give, it, it gave her more that Kelly wasn't so stupid and shallow. Like she could be surrounded by those kind of people. But if she had one smart friend, there was some hope for her. Okay. So I was supposed to be, you know, the one that made it all like it was all going to be okay for her. Like she was going to be not as vapid as they portrayed her. Yeah, because the other two girls you were with, was it two or three? But uh, I can't remember all of a sudden. Three, there was, there was, yeah, three. Four, no, no, there was Christina, the one. The... Yeah, I believe it, I believe it was uh, Christina and then Lisa and then there was three. three and I, if I remember correctly, because uh, Luigi and I reviewed that episode, I think at least two of those were like, playboy playmates like oh or, no, or, they or, were playboy playmates oh yeah, yeah. i was like I that vividly <laughs> yeah and and you know lisa and i i mean or, i'm sorry uh, luigi and i touched on that we we're like you know lisa standing up there uh next to playmates but against any normal person walking around she would be quite attractive so it's weird that bud is not into her you know bud bud should have, have totally you and bud should have totally dated on the show <laughs> yeah it's weird that they had to have that for comic relief. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, That's yeah, I know. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> you know, Married with Children is a show of, like, gross exaggerations, you know, stereotypes and gross exaggerations. And and I get the joke here was basically you've got a handful of, of hot friends together, and then they have the one nerd that's hanging yes. out with them, you know. Yes, of course. <laughs> so. Okay. so, yeah, I do remember a funny story about the um, Playboy centerfolds. They were all very nice, by the way. They were all very nice girls. But I just remember <laughs> one time sitting in the bleachers where the audience sat and we had wrapped for we had wrapped for lunch. And I remember saying to all of them, hey, do you guys want to go get something to eat? You want to get lunch? And they're like, oh, no, we're fine. Like I I I had a Tylenol. I'm good. I'm, I'm full. I'm good. I remember they wouldn't eat. None oh, of them wow. would eat. And I remember thinking, am I really the only one that's going to go have something for lunch? Really? Oh, man. Yeah. And I remember just thinking that was hilarious, that they literally wouldn't eat. Oh, that, that's a shame. I, my philosophy is you only live once. I mean, I, I work out and exercise and stuff, but man, I love to eat. <laughs> yeah. And I was very, very thin at the time. Not as thin as they were, but I was really thin. So, you know. Take it for what it's worth. Maybe I shouldn't have eaten either. I don't know. No, no, you're fine. You you only live once. I mean, you. <laughs> so, definitely. Yeah, I had uh, three appearances on Mary with Children. Did you have a particular favorite episode or scene? Okay, so I had to rewatch these episodes to be able to talk intelligently about what you're going to ask me. I don't remember some of them. <laughs> I mean, I remember parts of them, but I just don't, there are little pieces of it that I was like, Oh my God, I can't remember. I, I, that's right. Oh, I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot. So, I mean, they, the first episode, they had five of us and then they cut off one of the girls. Come on, let's sit down. Okay. Uh Oh, big problem. There's six chairs and five of us. <laughs> well, maybe one of us will show up again later. Okay. <laughs> because they thought she looked too much like Christina. So they cut off, I can't remember that girl's name. I feel like her name was Holly. I can't remember. 
but they left off one of the girls. So I, I would have to say probably the first episode where I'm chasing Bud would be my first, would be my favorite. Hey, Bud, I'm getting my braces off in a couple years. Will you wait for me? Oh, sure. Unless another hot mama with a big drooly overbite comes along first. Yeah, I thought that was, that was the one I liked the most. Me too. I, I, I thought you had some really, really good lines in there. I, I just watched it about an hour ago just so it would be fresh in my head. And <laughs> the, some of the retainer jokes, uh, you know. If I wasn't rocking Bud's world tonight, I'd be wearing him like a wet retainer. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just cracked up. I'm like, who speaks like that in real life? Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. By the way, in regards to that retainer, you know, what was the process of makeup doing that? Oh, my God. Well, I wore braces as a kid and had a retainer as a kid, like real braces, real retainer. And I think they came off when I was like six, 15 or 16. So I knew what that was like. They sent me to some dentist in the valley and I had to drive there, have the apparatus put on my teeth and then get the headgear and then have it on set. And then they called the dentist to be on set with me just in case something went wrong and it fell off or didn't work or bent or something like that. But I remember, I remember this so vividly. This is something that stuck with me. There was an invoice on the counter of the dentist's area. And it was an invoice to the producers. And I remember that putting the retainer and braces on my teeth was more money than I was getting paid. Oh my God. Wow. And I remember, I was like, what? That's so crazy. I'm so surprised that they actually had a dentist attached to that. I would have thought it would have been like something you could slip, like a prop you could slip on and off. They were cemented on. <laughs> and then I had to go back afterwards and get them off and get my teeth cleaned. Oh, my goodness. They were they, that, I, that, that, I got hazard pay for that. But that joke, got, that joke cost more money than my paycheck. Wow. Crazy. <laughs> I was stunned. Bud... With these braces, I could make a hickey that would never heal. Man, you're a trooper for doing that. I mean, a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people probably wouldn't agree to do that. I know I wouldn't have. I didn't realize it was going to be so extensive when they told me. I thought my braces were supposed to get caught on a sweater. Mm -hmm. I didn't know about the headgear part. That was added, that was added after the fact. That's so funny. You know, that makes sense that they only did that for one episode because I watched the um, spring break episodes, part one and two, and Mindy is not wearing that headgear. She's wearing the big obnoxious glasses. You know, she still has the nerd look, but she's not wearing uh, that headgear. <laughs> well, it's probably too expensive of a joke to do again. Yeah, they're like, hey, you know, this this costs more money than what we thought. I don't know if we can do this again. <laughs> yeah, they had a lot more guest stars in that one. That was probably a big draw of the money. Right there. Oh, my God. Ah, oh. uh, this is a life, huh, girls? Uh-huh. How come we never went to spring break before? Because we never went to college. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that pool had real water in it. It was the whole thing. That was a very expensive two-parter, all the guest stars. So, anyway... But when they originally told me it was going to be braces that got hooked on Bud, that was not a big deal. I was like, oh, fine. But later it evolved into a headgear. So I don't know. 
that was not my idea. I don't know whose idea that was, but that is not how it was portrayed to me, how it was going to be. And I was fine with it. Like, I didn't care. It was just annoying. I guess it's one of those things is once you agree to it, you're like, all right, well, I'm already in. I might as well just do it. (laughs) Might as well do it. So. And I guess you're still a young actor. So it's kind of like, yes, I'll do it to be in the show. Well, right. And then, and it was funny. It did get a lot of laughs, but I was super happy when they invited me back and then I didn't have to wear it again because it was not, it was not uh, the easiest thing. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I, I think you had one of the, if not the best laughs of that whole episode, your, your first appearance at the very end where it looks like Bud is going to get the last laugh of the episode. He's one, you know, he's crawling out from underneath the bleachers and you crawl out and go and you grab him and go, it's hickey time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a good, uh, good ending to that episode. So do, do you ever watch, um, the, either the episodes that you were on on TV or do you watch Married with Children if you see reruns on or, you know? No, I don't. I, I If I'm on something, I'll watch it when it initially airs and then I kind of forget about it. Yeah. And if, if, you know, I've heard, I've been in my house and heard my voice coming from television and gone, oh, what is that? And looked at it. But yeah, no, I don't, I don't make a point of watching it. I usually watch it when it first airs and then I kind of just like let it go. That makes sense. You know, you, you move on with life. Also with many other credits, I guess you would think that you just don't have time to sit down and watch all that stuff over. Well, I'm married and I have kids and I run a business. I'm a busy lady. So I don't have, I don't have time to, but if I, if I happen to hear something or catch something, sure, I'd watch it, but I don't make a point of it. Sure. Yeah, it makes sense. Got another question for you. Have you, people ever recognize you on the street as the character of Mindy, either today or in the past? No, because I didn't look like her. Oh. At all. I had the headgear and the braces and then I had the big glasses, which I don't have any of that. And I'm blonde. So my hair was dark then. So I don't look anything like that anymore. So um, in the time, I don't remember being recognized for Married with Children. I remember being recognized from, for X-Files, but not Married with Children. You know, as a matter of fact, I remember when I noticed the names in Internet Movie Database, I was thinking to myself, well, that, that doesn't look like her from Married with Children. And I think that's why I missed it. I didn't realize, oh, well, that's the same person. Yeah, they changed how I look. So that's why I think nobody, I think if I had gone out with the headgear and the glasses, I probably, but I didn't look like her. <laughs> that's yeah. probably why I never, that's what I say, that's probably why I never made the connection of the step-by-step because I'm I'm almost pretty sure that I saw your, you, you know, your step-by-step episode, original air, you know, original run, you know, again, it was almost, you know, 25, 26 years ago now, but <laughs> it makes sense why I didn't recognize either. Hi, uh, I'm Devin. This is Tiffany. Hi. Hi. Do you go to high school down the street? Uh, no, we're Joey's parents. <laughs> oh, 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 oh uh, we were expecting adults. <laughs> Oh, you're adults. Uh, Tiffany is 24 and I'm 24 and a half. Listen, I'm glad we got together to talk this out because we want you to understand our position. It's just we don't want our son knowing about things too soon. Right, right. And frankly, we feel that telling a child about sex at such a young age is very irresponsible. Irresponsible? Mm-hmm. All we did was tell our child the truth. I hardly think that's irresponsible. Well, of course you don't. I mean, 
You know, you two are obviously from the hippie Woodstock generation where everything was free and easy. <laughs> Look, obviously, you people have no self-control. I mean, you know, seven children, what, what are you, rabbits? The guy that I did step-by-step uh, step step with is my husband. We got cast together as a couple. Oh, okay. I didn't even notice that. Yep, that's my husband in real life. Well, that's, uh, that's awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So do you do you and your husband, do y'all normally, have y'all got cast together in, in other shows as well? Or? Oh, yeah. We did an episode of Wings together. Can we go now? No, we'll miss the cake. <laughs> All right, okay. Whoa, whoa, hey, 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 you two stop right there. It's the guru of the Look, 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 we're really sorry. We were You're just... Bill, my wife's optometrist, aren't you? <laughs> Who else would I be? <laughs> hey, uh, listen, Karen's had those new contact lenses in for a couple of days now, and her eyes are getting kind of red and swollen. Ah, don't worry about it. Come on, honey. Let's dance. Oh, God, that was close. Come on, let's go. No, no, wait. Let's just make a decision while we're here. Are we going to book this place or not? No. No? That's it? Like, no discussion? Uh, okay, you want a discussion? I'll give you a discussion. This, this place is overpriced, it's pretentious, the food is mediocre, and the band leader's a dork. See, I told you, that guy's right. This place is a giant ripoff. Do we have to get into this now? It's like a wedding. Yeah, I know, and it's like bleeding us dry. Oh, my God, Joe. You hear that? You got the bride and groom fighting. Okay, look, happy now? you asked me a question. I answered it. I didn't ask you to answer it loudly. Oh, hey, well, we found out some good thing about this place, the acoustics. You should have gotten married where I wanted to. Oh, at Mommy's house? <laughs> Cut the cord, Rick. Cut the cord. <laughs> We did Step by Step together. We did Highway to Heaven together. And they're going to retire him at the end of the semester. No more Mr. Zelenka. I'm not so sure I'm going to miss him. Ivan the Terrible is always on me about responsibility. Hey, come on. You're lucky to have a teacher like Mr. Z. He cares. We should do something nice for him. You mean like buy him a present? Yeah. And um, how about a surprise retirement party? Hey, now that's a really great idea. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He'd like that. Yeah, I could be the MC. Yeah, and you could ruin it all with your dumb jokes. <laughs> when do you think we should try to have it? Excuse me. I couldn't help but overhear your conversation. I thought you might want to know it's Mr. Zelenka's birthday this Friday. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm positive. Well, all right then. Friday it is. Hey, we'd be glad to help you in any way we can. Mm, thanks. Uh, we could use all the help we can get. Well, we really want to make this a great party. We've got to show Mr. Z how much we appreciate all he's done for us. Let's make this a retirement party he's never going to forget. We did a bunch of movies together. We did a ton of plays together, voiceovers. We did a couple commercials together. Yeah, we worked together a lot, more That's than awesome. most people. That's amazing. Yeah. I bet that that really, really helps with chemistry, you know, behind the camera or in front of the camera, you know? Yeah, I just know his timing so well. We know how to play off each other. There's a chemistry there that a married couple doesn't, you know, that they wouldn't have if they weren't really married. So it, it really did work out for us. And I think we look like we fit with each other. So it just worked out and we worked a lot together, a lot, lot. So That's that was awesome. Fun. Yeah. Does that happen a lot in, in uh, acting and theater and in movies and TV or? Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think like if you're talking like Joanne Woodward and Paul Newman, yeah. But I think normal people, I don't know. I mean, I know that we've worked together a lot. And in every kind of capacity. So I know there are, uh, we have friends that are married that are actors that maybe have had the opportunity once or twice, but we, like, we work together dozens of times in different mediums. 
So um, we just work really well together. He too had grow, grew up with a children's theater background and just like me, same work ethic, same outlook. So we just really fit together. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I was looking at your bio. I see you guys have been married since 1990. So you guys have um, not only built a personal life together, you've built a, you know, a, a business life together, you know, with the studio there, and then you've built a professional life together as well, too. So that's amazing. That's an amazing story. And a family for that matter as well. Yes, yes. And both of my children are in the business as well. Yeah. I mean, that in, in itself is an accomplishment, you know, <laughs> just raising a family uh, in the midst of everything that you've done on the screen. So. Real quick, how old are your kids now? My daughter is 19 and my son is 14. Oh, I teach 14-year-olds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, he's doing really well. He wants to be a filmmaker. He's going to make movies. Your mother says she can't handle the boy alone. And I have to pick up my daughter from work. And Mark gets out of the car every time I stop at a red light. Mexican should be used to running. You have to run everywhere you go. Over the border, from the police. I have a right to be treated like a white person. And I have a right to run away from non-Americans. I have a right to an attorney, too. You want an attorney? Well, you need to be under arrest for that. Is that what you want? And my daughter is an actress, and she's been very successful. My daughter played Matt LeBlanc's daughter in CBS's Man with a Plan for four years. That just went off the air about a year ago. Now, Katie, I don't want what happened last time to happen again. You mean all your yelling? <laughs> I only yelled one time. It just lasted the whole drive. Today, we're going to try a point system. You start with 100 points. If you do something wrong, you lose points. When you get to zero, we are done driving until the next day. Hmm? Sounds fair. Okay. But, 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 hold, on, hold up, hold up. Remember what I taught you? What's the first thing you do before you start the vehicle? You check your... Text messages. <laughs> so then you're not tempted while you're driving. No, 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 no texting. Minus 20 points. Oh. Cool. Yeah, so she played his daughter, and she has a new movie coming out in February called The Sky is Everywhere for A24. She's the lead of it, so we're super excited about that. That's awesome. Did you know uh, Did you know Matt LeBlanc got his start on Married with Children, <laughs> believe it or not? I know that. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, he, he was in, a, uh, in an episode um, called Top of the Heap. And it, Married with Children attempted to do a spinoff. Uh, it didn't didn't exactly go very well. But uh, yeah, you can uh, if you're if you're a fan of Matt LeBlanc, you could find him on um, uh, Stephen. I help me out. Probably about three or four Married with Children episodes. He was in two official Mary, or three official Married with Children episodes. The Top of the Heap. He was in Oldies yeah. but Youngins, and then he mm -hmm. was in Kelly Does Hollywood Part Two. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you can, you could find him on on the uh, in the Mary but Children archives. So that's kind of neat. And he played a he played a dummy on that one as well. He plays dumb. So yeah, he well. did. <laughs> I think he was like the male version of Kelly. Yeah, definitely. And he's not dumb. He's quite smart. He's not. Yeah. Dumb. Well, that's the thing, you know. That those, you know, the guy who played Gilligan, Bob Denver, he was really intelligent. He was like a bookworm. And hmm. very quiet and reserved. And, you know, Christina Applegate, I've seen her do interviews, and you could tell she's really smart, too. Yeah. And people think, oh, it's easy to play dumb. No, it's not. No, it's not. Yeah. 
I think you I think you have to be very brilliant to play dumb. I mean, if I tried to play dumb, it would just be stupid. It wouldn't be funny, you know, but you have to be a brilliant. I mean, Christina Applegate is a brilliant performer, you know, and she always delivers <laughs> in, in any role she plays, really. But, of course, we love her for Kelly Bundy. Well, our next question, I, I, I kind of get the feeling I already know the answer to this, uh, just because, you know, you've mentioned that, you, you know, you didn't really look part like yourself uh, on Married with Children just with the way they dressed you with the headgear and such. But our next question was, was there any part of Lisa that was written into the character of Mindy? What do you think? Um, any part of me? I speak very quickly. So they, they wanted me to say my lines fast because I got a lot of laughs. So they liked my pace. And so they told me that to keep doing what I was doing. And I made her really awkward and really strange. And they liked all that too. And then they added the headgear. So I think I had the basis of the character. And then I think they just decided to make it make me look weird for more laughs. Okay. Hey, I got a question. I just came to my mind. I would like to ask. And that is, you know, and well, I know you got a long history with between theater and television. So focusing on television, was there a particular series or crew or cast that you enjoyed working with, like that you felt a lot more connection to? I really, really, really loved working with Michael Landon. His crew was there from his Bonanza days mm. and it was all the same people and they were a family. Everybody, they all had Christmas together and they had picnics and that crew, they were tight and that was a loving set. And they all worked hard and they all adored him and he treated them. I mean, they all were given beautiful gifts. And if somebody had a baby, their a gift was bought. And if, you know, he knew all their names. And that was a really uh, magical experience working on that set. And my husband worked with Michael a lot. My husband did Little House on the Prairie. He did Father Murphy. And then he and I did Highway to Heaven together, playing opposite each other with Michael Landon. So I loved working on that set. I loved it. Yeah, I like hearing those types of stories. Yeah, yeah he was awesome. a lovely man. He was a lovely man. So I know it's been a long time now, 26 years. Um, are, are you in touch, you know, 25 years, 26 years, are you in touch with anyone from the Married with Children family, uh, any, including anybody from behind the scenes or anything like that, behind the scenes people? I am not. Um, no, because I think uh, my... My like my peeps were my theater peeps who I did all my plays with, but um, yeah, I'm not in touch with any married with children people, unfortunately. Okay, fair enough. Well, I mean, you know, I would imagine Hollywood, you know, especially when you were on three episodes, it's kind of hard to keep in touch with people as busy as you are, also with all the other things you make. Well, and you're always off doing your next job or your next whatever. I think people. You know, I enjoyed what I did and it was super fun, but I think everybody, you're always on to your next project and your next thing. So I think where you make the real friendships is when you spend a lot of time with people and theater and doing plays and rehearsing, you spend a ton of time with people. So those relationships seem to last longer. The more time you spend with somebody, the more apt you are to get to know them better. And then the more apt you are to build a friendship, I think. Yeah, and I bet with the Mary with Children, that was just, what, a week of shooting at most? Yeah, five days, actually. Mm. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't see that connection with those types of roles. Yeah, definitely. So the, the shorter you are, the, the less time 
you have to hang out and spend time with people. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, Lisa, you've had a long, uh, successful, long-running career in Hollywood. You know, we spoke, you, you mentioned, you know, Highway to Heaven. We talked about the X-Files step-by-step. Is there any other projects that you've worked on that you would say are some of your favorites? So I, I did a ER when I was uh, pregnant with my daughter. Doctor, please, I have to go home. I don't I, want my baby I'm, getting I'm sick. Sorry. Please, I'm sorry. Please. And I was nine months pregnant, so that was pretty fun. And I did a major crimes when I was pregnant with my son, so that was pretty fun. Yeah, I mean, everything I've done, I've enjoyed. It's not that I've done one thing more than, it's like saying an apple and an orange. They're both good. They're just different. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed everything I've done. I've enjoyed all the people I've gotten to meet. I've enjoyed the friendships I've made. So different, you know, it, everything is, you just have to know what's required of you. And being unmarried with children is like doing a play. It's five days and you're in front of the cameras. When you work on a film, sometimes you get longer, longer periods of time on set. So I've, I've loved everything though. And I really, I can't complain. I, I've had, I've had a great time. Well, then between film television and theater which one do you like the most theater i thought so (laughs) i can feel i can sense your passion about it and i really appreciate that i enjoy going to plays still and if i see a good one you know i'm not like i said earlier i'm not so much into musicals but if i see a good drama or a good comedy neil simon's chapter two or oh yeah something like that i want to go see it for me, it was always about getting a job, TV or film or commercial or voiceover job so I could do plays. Mm. It was, those were the reason I could do theater because theater doesn't pay very much, if anything. And I wanted to do the theater. So the other ways, the other jobs, which were awesome and I'm grateful, they were my way to be able to do theater. Yeah, that's awesome. I enjoy theater too. You know, I, um, uh, Stephen mentioned uh, musicals. I, did not used to like musicals, but I've started to learn uh, to enjoy them. Uh, you know, the the movie that got me into them was uh, The Greatest Showman. I don't know if you saw that, but that was a really good movie. Yeah. So. Well, there's a new musical coming out pretty soon called Dear Evan Hansen. You guys should give it a look. I will definitely look forward to it. <laughs> are are you in that or? No, I'm not in it. But I uh, Ben Platt, the boy, the guy who's the lead, I did a play with when he was a little boy. Awesome. Yep. In Los Angeles, I did a, a big, a big production of a show called Merrily We Roll Along and Ben was the, the little Frank in it. That's pretty cool. I'll definitely will look forward to that. Lisa, you know, I was looking at your, you know, your young actors workspace here. You know, we spoke about that quite a bit and I was looking at it here. And I just want to give a quick rundown and then I'll let you talk about it a little bit. The Young Actors Workspace is located in the heart of Los Angeles and is owned and operated by Lisa Picot and her and David Kaufman. Between the two, they have starred or recurred in eight network television series and nine animated series and co-starred in over 20 features, guest starred in in over 50 primetime series and done over 100 commercials. They have won LA Weekly Backstage West Garland and Drama Log Awards for their work in Los Angeles theater, including the West Coast Ensemble's acclaimed productions of Company and Merrily We Roll Along. So, and that's just a brief summary of some of the awards that you've won and honors. <laughs> we have a lot more here in our notes here, but talk a little bit about the the Young Actors Workspace. 
and just kind of, you know, you spoke about it already, but tell us a little bit more about it and, and what all you guys do there and, and that type of thing. Okay. So when I was actually doing a production of Merrily We Roll Along, uh, the little boy who played little Frank, not Ben, not Ben Platt, but another boy named Michael Henry, I helped him with his audition and he booked a job and then he, they started sending their friends to me and then those friends started coming to me. And that was the season right when I started and I, I really wasn't trying that Taylor Lautner, I started Taylor Lautner, I started um, Rico Rodriguez, I started Rainey, his sister, who else? Millie Bobby Brown from the little girl from Stranger Things. We started her too. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So it, it, I just decided, okay, I'll start a class. And then that, those eight kids became two classes and then three classes and then four classes and then five classes. And so now we have a school and the school we have offer 18 different classes a week, whether it be online or in person. Um, of course, we shut down during the pandemic. So we came back over the summer and offered our summer camps. And now we're just about to start our fall session. So we offer scene study and improv ages five to young adults. We do have a young adult class. And usually, I think the oldest we have is like 25. But okay. um, yeah, so we do, we have classes for every level and age. And we help them prep them to meet agents and managers. We have showcases where agents come and scout them, managers come and scout them, and we teach them the way I was taught, work ethic and dedication. That's that's what my studio is about. That's awesome. I mean, it, it's, those are some pretty big names and, and um, shows and stuff there that you mentioned. It's funny, um, I, I can't remember if I'd mentioned to you, but I'm a flight attendant. And I feel like I just saw a, a few days ago a, a flight attendant saying, man, I wish I knew of, of a good, uh, you know, studio to take some acting lessons. And I think she, because you said you do up to age 25, right? So I feel like she would, I, I think she would be young, young enough to actually go to your studio. I'll see if I can refer her to you. But there's a lot of flight attendants out there that want to get into acting. <laughs> yeah, well, I have online classes now because of the pandemic. We totally pivoted and went online. And now coming back in person, we didn't want to lose our online presence. So right. I have online classes now and in-person classes. So I'm, I'm gearing up to start my fall session in the next two weeks. Cool. Awesome. Did well, I, I bet the... It was really, really tough during the pandemic for you guys, uh, you know, just same with any business. Uh, we I went online. I mean, definitely it had its challenges, but we got work done. Kids got agents. Scenes, you know, acting was taught. It was not as easy and, and then some ways easier because, you know, you have to drive to my studio and find a parking place and get up. But to roll in and press a button and start teaching is much easier. So but it was harder in some ways because you want to actually see the people in front of you for real, not on a screen, but we prevailed. And I know a ton of people didn't. And I know a ton of people weren't able to make it through. So I'm just grateful that we made it through and we're back stronger and better than ever. And super excited to be back in person again. Super excited. Yeah. I was thinking to myself, you know, how could you do teach theater acting and all that stuff online with uh, acting being such a personal one-on-one -on -one relationship with all these other actors are on the stage and you know, with the directors and the, and the tech people backstage. I was thinking that would be very difficult to do. So my hat's off with you. I had trouble trying to teach the kids what I was trying to teach online this last year when we had to do it a few times. Yeah. Well, where there's a will, there's a way. 
I was not going to let the pandemic win and take away everything that we worked so hard for. I wasn't, that wasn't going to happen. And it didn't. So luckily we were able to pivot and we, you know, we made lemonade out of lemons, basically. That's awesome. That's amazing. I mean, that's, that's what you have to do. You know, I recently got into this philosophy called stoicism. And one of the basic tenets is you have to look at the situation and see what's in your control and what's out of your control. Focus on the stuff that's in control. And, you know, I tried to do that last year as best as I could. It's frustrating as it was. And I was just glad to come out the other side. Oh, me too. And, And I'm glad to see that you not only came out the other side, but you were stronger. Maybe I am. I don't know. Yeah, that what does not kill you makes you stronger. So I have a whole bunch of new students now that wouldn't have been able to get to me if it weren't for the pandemic because they could be online with me. So now those kids are still with me. So that is a be- that is the beauty of something that came out of the pandemic. I can have, I remember one showcase I had, I think it was the first showcase of the pandemic. So it was, so not last summer, but the, the summer of 2020. I had a girl in Israel, wow. a boy in London, a girl in Hawaii, many kids in Texas, and kids, a kid in Arizona, a kid in San Francisco, all on the same Zoom page. Wow. That is impressive. That's what it does. It allows you to connect with people that you wouldn't be able to do. So I'm super grateful that there was a way to do that. And um, also that I can keep doing that because I don't want to lose those kids just because they can't physically be in a room with me. I think it's the same thing with our podcast because it was birthed out of the uh, pandemic in a way. Yeah. You know, I don't think I ever would have met Chris. We finally met face-to-face this last summer for the first time. And we've been working together for a year. I got to meet my my usual partner, Tyler, because I was finally able to travel a little bit this last summer. And just thinking about in a few days, we're going to have our season nine wrap-up show and we're going to connect with our uh, mates in Australia too, and that's just amazing that we meet people from Australia or Germany who are into either the show or the podcast. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's that's maybe one of the one of the few good things that have come from the pandemic is it's taught us all how to do our jobs online if possible. Well, you know, my job's not possible online as a flight attendant. <laughs> you're either on the plane or you're not, but <laughs> a lot of jobs. You know, people have learned how to do remote, you know, either through Zoom or social distancing or what have you. So (laughs) and um, by the way, Lisa, you know, you've built up an incredible business and we will make sure we put the, uh, you know, your website on our, uh, you know, during the on the title of this uh, podcast episode. For those listening, it's www.youngactorsworkspace.com. And. You know, we, we we have over, what, I think about 31, 3,200 followers now on Facebook for the Married with Children podcast. So it'd be great if we could, if one of our listeners that lives either in California or some, anywhere else in the U.S. or the world would uh, love to take a uh, an acting class, we'd love to send them your way, either either in person or, or virtually speaking. So. I guess the last thing here, you know, you, you've spoke quite a bit about you and your husband have worked together in the entertainment business for many years, and you guys have been fortunate enough to do a lot of projects to, together. 
I guess just speak a little bit in closing here what it's like to do that type of work as a family. And are there any, you know, there's lots of good sides. Are there any bad sides to the industry? You know, I think as a family, there it had its challenges for sure, especially my kids both worked a lot when they were little, a lot. So it was a big juggle of who audition, who's auditioning where and who has to be here. And, oh, my God, how are we going to get that person to that set? And what are the lines? And I also set coach for studios, too. So I work for Warner Brothers. I work for ABC. I, they, so they call me in. The last show I did was called Shameless for uh, Showtime. And I worked with one of the kids on Shameless. So I work on different sets all over town. And I just remember getting four or five sets of scripts and call sheets and not remembering what, what person go, went to what, what set. I was like, oh my God, what lines does somebody have? What set am I on tomorrow? Who has to do this script? What? So it was just a lot. It was a big juggle, but worth it, worth it. And I think it's whatever you make it. I think some people let it define who they are. It just happened to be our creative outlet as a family, my husband and mine, and also our children's. And I think it's whatever you make it. If, if you're doing it to be famous, I think that's a really poor choice. If you're doing it because it's your expression and that's your only way to express your creativity, I think that's the right reason to do it. And luckily my husband and I worked really hard and took it seriously and trained really hard. So we were able to get work and make a living. So there were some years that were tight and some years that were flush and we worked really hard. And I just think it's whatever you make it. I think it can be a bad thing if you make it a bad thing and it can be a good thing if you, it's, I think that's with anything. It's what you make it. Yeah. That's what I agree. You know, and I was, you know, today, for example, at school, a new teacher we had, she was telling me about this thing she was going to do. It involved a little bit of acting. It involved reciting the, the, the Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. And I wanted to see this. And I, my planning period, I thought, I got to get down there and see this. And it was amazing. She had a passion for what she wanted to do. And she pulled acting into it. Yeah, great. And I had to tell her it was just good to see because you work at this school for nine, ten years. And some of that idealism and passion just kind of goes out the door. Yeah. And I think I lost mine a few years ago. And then I got it back about two years ago. Yeah. So it's those ebbs and flows. And pardon me for saying this, but some of my coworkers are just really negative. And I don't like being around that. Well, there's a lot of people, I mean, this is not a nice word, but this is what they are. They're fame whores. And that's yeah. not what my husband and I were about. We are about the art of it and the, the dedication and the creativity. And would it be awesome to be famous? Well, I don't know. Maybe not. I love that we've had a full career. I love that I can go out of my house and not have people take pictures of me. Yeah. However, if that were had would have happened, that would have been fine too, but that's not what we were seeking. And that's fine. So I think you really have to manage your expectations and I think you it can be all the things that you hear about child actors, my children, you'll never hear about them doing bad things or all the crazy stuff that you hear. So it's it's about integrity and character and just living your best life and making something out of nothing or making what could be a negative situation, a positive situation. I was just going to say, I mean, you, 
you definitely got into the industry for the right reasons and, you know, have, have done things really well. And, uh, I mean, you started when you were eight or nine and, and your forties and fifties now, and you're still in the business and doing well. I have a lot of respect for anyone that can, <laughs> that can do that. Cause I know it's, I know it's an industry that only the strong, only the, the really strong survive, so to speak. You know, you, pivot. you know, some people start off as actors and now they're directing or some people started off right. as actors and now they're in casting or producing. I yeah. as an actor. I still act. I still do stuff. And mm -hmm. I'm but I still have my studio to run. And now the studios yeah. call me and I work on sets with kids. And so, mm -hmm. you know, it, I pivoted into a different way, but I'm still super happy and I still feel super creative. So that has never gone away. And I think once an actor, always an actor. I think you're an actor to the day you die. That doesn't ever go away just because you don't happen to be acting in something at this particular moment. You're always an actor. That's just your mindset and your, your essence. And I'm kind of curious. I hope you don't mind me asking this. I noticed you were born like a year after I was. I was born in 67. I noticed you were born in 68. Mm -hmm. You seem to keep a real level head on your shoulders about everything here. And how much would you credit that maybe also to your parents as well? Um, yes, absolutely. Um, uh, my parents were, you know, I, I come from a big family and my parents were all about, we had a very strict upbringing and, but my husband also is very level-headed. So I think, and we've been together forever. So I think that had a lot to do with it too, because he's a very grounded, really genuine human being. So I think if you're with someone like that, you can't help but not be like that because that's mm. the person you're with. So I think um, my parents definitely gave me a good start and my husband was definitely an anchor. Well, that's good. Yeah, that makes a big difference. You know, having a really good partner by your side. I mean, you know, we see we see a lot of, you know, actors or performers, musicians, you know, that they reach incredible, incredible levels of fame and stardom at a young age. And then they struggle in life. You know, you, one of the most famous recent ones is Britney Spears, like. I see her and just my, my heart breaks for her story, you know, for her situation and everything. And she's from my generation. You know, she was one of my favorite musicians, <laughs> you know, singers, pop stars growing up. And she's just had a really, really difficult time in life. Well, that was her parents, though. A lot of her yeah. issues came from her family. So I think with a strong family and a strong work ethic and dedication and doing it for the right reasons, I think it has every outcome or every chance of coming out right just as much chance of coming out right as it does coming out wrong. Yep, definitely. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for joining us. It's really been a great pleasure. You know, this is, um, I think I mentioned in our first email, you know, we're a 100% run, uh, fan-run podcast. We're fans all across the world, and it's always a, a pleasure when we can have a special guest on that's, you know, appeared on the show, and uh, we really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me, and good luck with everything, guys. Again, this has been a special edition of the Married with Children podcast, and that was Lisa Picot. She runs the Young Actors Workspace in Los Angeles, which you can visit online at www.youngactorworkspace.com. You can also find it easily on Facebook and give her a like. Also, you should check out her husband, David Kaufman, her daughter, Grace Kaufman, and her son, Henry Oliver Kaufman, on TV and film when you have a moment. You can easily find what they have done on IMDb. Next week, myself, Luigi, and special guest co-host Sheila will be reviewing Season 10, Episode 9, The Two That Got Away. 
Alan Jefferson go away for the weekend to a fishing lake in upstate Wisconsin. But when they arrive at the fishing lodge, they are rudely told to leave when Shannon Tweed, a famous B-movie actress and former Playboy Playmate, has taken their reservation. But when the guys arrive home, they discover that Jefferson had inadvertently snapped a photo of Shannon seducing the lodge owner in a hot tub as the reason why they were kicked off the property. As payback, Alan Jefferson decide to throw a tabloids auction to see which magazine will get the photo. Meanwhile, Bud casts Lucky the dog in a dog food commercial, but Lucky will only act unless Kelly performs the scene first. As always, tune in again next week, same Bundy time, same Bundy channel. What? It's hickey time. No. <laughs>